0: at brew york's new brewery site and i'm joined by chris lee and ben from respectively from pastore and brew york uh how we doing guys are you all okay good yeah, very good good, good, yeah. good so we're here to have a chat about sours in general but obviously you are you guys chris and ben are here to, to do a collaboration but before we jump into that do you want to tell us about your respective roles at, at pastore and what what you do there today
1: yeah all right I'm, i'll make a start so i'm chris i'm uh, one of the co-founders with ben of pastore um, and I kind of uh kind of dabble though and yeah, get through some of the fun stuff at the business. And then Ben?
2: Yeah, uh, so I run the, the brewery day to day. we uh, yeah, we started a few years ago myself and Chris is my dad. Um and yeah the team's slowly grown from then and we're we're making all the sour and mixed
1: fermentation bit. Yeah. So how, how long have you guys been going now? Is it a few years? We production's what, two and a half years Yeah, two, two and a half production. years, yeah. yeah. So probably about three years old when you've Founding of a business about two and a mm. half years of production.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and what started? Uh, what sort of was the spark to start brewing and particular sour beers? Was there a, a particular yeah. moment or? A-
1: yeah, it kind of was right. So I mean, you kind of go back and I mean, I, I was originally massively into kind of Belgian beers and, and, and the lambics and the gueuzes way back, and I'd kind of I'd always had this dream. It'd be really fun to bring some of those techniques and things you know to the UK. This was before the craft beer boom. I kind of had this idea. It'd be a nice thing to do one day. Uh, then, you know, Ben you know, got into beers, we, we were homebrewing together, we started experimenting with mixed firm, with sour, uh, and then I think one of the crucial things was when Ben uh, went on a big tour around North America, didn't you, when was that, 2017?
2: Yeah, I think it was 2017, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was drinking a lot of the New World
2: yeah, sours and mixed fermentation stuff. All, all the good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. And uh, yeah, so we came back together and thought, how can we make these New World sours on a homebrew scale at home? Mm. And, uh, yeah, we're making some really fun stuff for a couple of years. And then that was kind of the
1: recipes that went on to become Pastore, basically. Yeah. 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 So we've, we really had this vision of it. You know, we, we know that the U.S. is doing some incredible stuff. We've kind of modernized or taken on some of the, the old Belgian type techniques, but kind of modernized mm. it, taking different approaches. But, uh, and we thought, yeah, do you know, that's amazing we'd like to try that on a homebrew scale and then ultimately do you know what this could be a business we want you know it's going to become a thing in the UK there's no doubt yeah uh, we want to be at the forefront of that so that was our original thinking and we kind of knew of, of, of other breweries who were kind of already dabbling in that space and doing some cool stuff so we thought right you know if we're going to do this we've got to do it now yeah and that, yeah, that yeah. conversation was 2019 from memory yeah. maybe 2018 I forget anyway and then we just decided to do it yeah and there we are
0: and here you are now yeah, yeah. and, and like most people probably know brew york's story but what, what's what's <laughs> your role and what what your day-to-day roles at brew york now and, and how things are going since you've moved over to you now where we are now your new big fancy site
3: okay so yeah i'm uh, one of the two founders of brew york we were founded in 15 but began brewing in 16. Um, my original role was head brewer i would do all the recipe development in fact all of the brewing in the early days it was only me and Wayne. so also some of the selling and the delivering yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. things have moved on yeah. somewhat since then uh, so now I occupy the role of production director, which means I still have kind of creative control, but the mm. recipes are no longer just me, that's a broader team input thing. Um, and I used to do all the naming and so forth, and thankfully, I've got other people involved with that, because coming up with puns is much harder than you might think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The one thing that
0: I've, or a question that I've always thought is, do the names come before the beer, or is the name come before? Or we, what does it just,
3: however the, the, it happens? Uh, there's no one answer to that. Yeah, yeah. I, would like to pretend that we come up with the beer and then we decide on a name. Mm. But there's definitely been some names that have preceded beers.
0: Yeah, just sat around yeah. in the in the idea tank until a, yeah. a, a, <laughs> a great time. But also no, as a sort of a your role, you get the sort of the good part of it. You get to oversee it, but not sort of get involved with the the day to day. And mm. do you still jump in as and when? needed yeah I'm,
3: I'm, I'm on the shop floor to assist as and when needed and mm. just for my own sanity about <laughs> once every two months I go back to the old site and I still brew there uh, mm. I didn't do, go about doing this to sit in an office mm. for all that's what I do most of the time now so it's good to go back and mm. every now and again put the slip net on do some beer and remind myself why I do what I do.
0: Where you came from, yeah. But you did. You were in Oslo last week, week before, weren't you? So you get to do the exciting stuff as well, don't you? So yeah, we made cherry fields. pick
3: the uh, best opportunities for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that that was a real privilege. Uh, only our third international beer festival appearance. Mm. Obviously, none in the last two years
0: for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. But I imagine that'll be something that well, best from both of your guys' perspective that you want to do more of as this year sort of pans out and things. Quote unquote, getting back to normal. He's doing more festivals, getting out and, yeah. and doing this, you yeah. know, collaborating, which is what it's it's all about, isn't yeah. it? Really, it's
1: yeah. Really looking forward to that. We, we we did some festivals last year, which for us was our first year of really being out on the festival circuit, and you know, we, we met Lee at London, and you know, meeting our peers around the industry was was brilliant. You know, you know, kind of new brewery kind of out there it was fantastic mm. for us to kind of meet these people and go find out what's going on and, and build relationships, kind of resulting in things like us being invited to Brew Up today, which is just absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking forward to, to what we this year brings as well. Right. More, more of that. It's, it's just so important, I think, to be out and, and see people drinking your product and, and, and understand their reaction to it. And yeah. like we missed it in our first year of production because of the pandemic, we kind of really missed that. Mm. So fabulous to be belatedly catching up, I guess. And
0: yeah. Well that's it, like you say, you you not only get to see your peers and people that you've seen around for many years, but like you say, you get to see first-hand customers drinking the beers and almost educate, so obviously, sours are are somewhat of an acquired taste, aren't they? I think it's fair to say, and especially the sort of beer, you know, the sours that you brew in particular, that it's nice to give people, or be there first-hand to give people that guidance and education, of course, we just sort of chatted beforehand, before we started recording, is that different types of sours that brew your, you produce, and obviously you guys produce at, at Pastore, so but what, what what was the, obviously you say you met you met previously, but when was the sort of, we need to collaborate between yourselves, when did that come about,
3: what was the, uh, the well, moment? I think if we start with where we met, so we met at Brew, uh, no not Brew London, uh, Craft Beer yeah, London. Uh, Graf London, Graf London Graf, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, when was that, have been
1: August, or- was it August last year? August last year, August, I think it was August, yeah. yeah.
3: And I think you were one of the raising the raising the bar. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. so. I love sour beers. I, like you, really love the Lambic, the Belgian mm. thing. Two thirds of my collection in the city center right. is that kind of thing. So you definitely <laughs> yeah. need to crack open a special yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> So as soon as I'd heard you guys were appearing, you were doing the, the sour stuff, you were one of the first breweries that I came over to sample the, the wares mm. of and I was super, super impressed. So, um, likewise, my market manager Nadia, who you, you met earlier, she sought you out. Was really impressed, and from that we came away with a pact that <laughs> we need to work with these guys <laughs> at some point because what they're doing is truly exceptional. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you. And uh, from our point of view, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's always, yeah, I mean, uh, lovely, but but uh, kind of humbling when when you know established and and you know brewers with great reputations like we all come to us. Mm. So we'd love to work with you. Obviously, it's kind of you know, you know, love to hear that. And, and we just learn so much but I mean just you know, talking to Lee for half an hour 40 minutes this morning uh, you know I've always, I have already feel like I've learned an awful lot about things and kind of a you know you know a glimpse into you know the growth of a the, the brewery is four or five years ahead of us and you know and so much to learn there so it's fabulous I, I, I love these opportunities to mm-hmm. talk to people in the industry absolutely yeah. priceless.
0: Well approach probably fair to say that you guys probably brew on a, a, a lot smaller scale than what, what these guys are now brewing up so I suppose it gives you a nice look like say yeah. of what what you guys have achieved in six years, which you know, TripTalk's not it's a, a long a long period of time, really. six years is not a, a long yeah, period of time, really. It's absolutely so what phenomenal
1: you... to see what, what's out here and then the brew brew. I mean, seriously, I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what,
0: yeah, so what, what scale is it that you're, you're brewing on at the moment? What, what We're brewing on,
2: on a 10 barrel kit, mm-hmm. um, and so that's the whole fresh side of our program, fresh sours. So, we do 10 barrel, and uh, that takes about a month. Um, with a quick sour fermentation with uh, quark and mm-hmm. uh, and then we fruit it and can that stuff and then we also occasionally brew 10 barrels of saison or dark sour mm-hmm. and age it for a long time in barrels and blend and that wild side of the program is sort of just starting to come of age and we're bottling more and more stuff
3: um, yeah yeah excellent and that, that, that's the stuff you call your seller yes yeah, right. yeah. so I'm yeah. doing your no job no, no, you <laughs> say it by all means
0: by all means you t- t- take my job away from me I just sit here and you guys can chat and I don't have to do anything I can sit and listen it makes my job much much easier but yeah it's obviously the re- like I said in the introduction reason is because obviously you guys are collaborating like we just discussed so I don't know who wants to take the lead on it whose
3: idea was it to brew this particular beer where did the idea come from and so, shall I start with that one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I mean, as we've said there, um, our approach to souring is the, some people would call it the cheats way, I'll call it the quicker way. <laughs> um, so, we do kettle souring. So, we would take a certain form of lactobacillus and we would inoculate the wort in the kettle uh, over a period of between sort of 16 and 48 hours. It's going to drop the pH in there and it's going to um, create some sort of lactic character. Mm-hmm. In, The ones we use leave it kind of clean and crisp. So we said we'd go about doing a a very traditional German style, the Berliner Weiss, Mm -hmm. which is probably the most sessionable of the classic sours. It usually comes in sort of Mm sub-3%, but then we can't just do the tradition. We have to add the modern. So (laughs) we brought in some kind of Asian influences with some and tropical influences with some papaya uh, and some lemongrass, which we've just put in the boil a few minutes ago. Um, and then right at the end of fermentation we're going to put in a little bit of ginger just to give it a little bit of fire at the end.
0: Mm. Excellent, nice. excellent. and, and who, was that your idea then or was it sort of at home Intrigue our collaborations work in terms of obviously this is at your brewery but does that I mean you guys come up with a recipe how does it work in terms of is it 50-50 or just a, just pinging ideas left, right and centre to what we should and shouldn't do? I would
3: do? say the, the, the Berliner Weiss idea was a joint concept. The papaya I think came from our side. The lemongrass
2: certainly I think was the
3: first thing you guys suggested yeah. mm. and then we're thinking what fruit could uh, so complement that. Yeah, we um, should probably mention Tom R. Head Brewer Tom, well. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Tom R. Head used to work at Partizan. okay so he was responsible for their lemongrass saison. Okay. okay so it's an ingredient he's worked food. with a lot before. I've worked with it in a couple of sours previously and actually lower ABV sours mm. and I just think that flavour really good mm. Little bit divisive for some. we yeah. my business partner, probably won't be drinking this beer, <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely adore what lemongrass can do in a, yeah. In a salad. Yeah, I think
0: because I, would, I was speaking to Nadia before, she's like, Do you like lemongrass? And it's like I like the smell of it, but in food, not because it's quite fragrant, it's quite it gives it quite a fragrant character. But in a beer, it, it almost like say, balance out with papaya. I imagine it gives it, and especially if you're putting ginger in there to give it a bit of fire, I imagine it probably all three will probably complement each other quite nicely. Yeah. But it's obviously the lemongrass that was it, is it? Was it powdered? Or was that was it a powdered lemongrass? Uh, no, it's, it's it's been milled.
3: Okay. So it's yeah, kind of a fine paste almost. Thanks. What we were dealing mm. with. Them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it smelled amazing. It? I, yeah. I was loving tipping that into the kettle. Yeah, I think yeah, it's gonna yeah, be great. Be. It's the the fun here is, is about thinking and the reasoning about what things are gonna work well together mm-hmm. and make a great sour beer, and I, and then I think. You, Classic things is a bit of a to and fro. where it's if, if you bring a beer yourself, you, you have a team around discussing what will work. When it's a collab, you'll have like the to and fro of ideas between different members of, of both teams, which I think mm-hmm. will happen here. And yeah, sure yeah,
0: it yeah, should be good. So obviously, from uh, again, sort of your perspective of how you approach showers, do you sort of do things in season, or is it a case of is it seasonal in terms of availability for things? Do you deal with sort of like the fresh you know, actual fruit, or is it juices purees, or yeah. like today is it like a, a milled sort of? Products are just the full,
1: so the full thing. I guess we've mentioned we do two ranges. So mm. it's the fresh range, where we you're know, relatively fast turnaround, you know, three or four weeks, mm. um, soured with quite and lactobacillus, additions of fruit. We use generally use puros for mm. those, um, and um, you know, well maybe be a nod to seasonality. You know, yeah. we'll select we'll fruits or purees which are kind of fruits in the season, mm-hmm. but we don't have to. Obviously, purees are available year round, yeah, yeah. so we will kind of you know, if, if a range, we, some year ranges or styles will probably be year round. We'll be releasing them. Throughout the year, sort of off season as well. The cellar range, on the other hand, is all about fresh fruit, and we try and get local, locally mm-hmm. sourced fresh fruit wherever possible, and um, and then yeah, hand process, um, you know, blending beer onto the fresh fruits and, and working that way. So that's mm-hmm. a kind of different, different kettle of fish, really. Yeah, yeah,
3: definitely. So, uh, if i interested, and your reason for doing that will be about controlling the cultures that are present. So for your fresh one, you're using the puree because that's been prepared aseptically yeah. so yeah. your yeah. lacto is the only thing that's having an effect within that bit whereas with fresh fruit it could be anything yeah. on there oh, yeah. it's yeah, coming yeah. in from the fields yeah. um, I don't think they've found breath in the wild but you're going to have pediococcus uh, lactobus so all, all kinds of things in there hmm. yeah.
2: strange wild sacrifices, and stuff yeah. like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it gives
0: yeah. you a bit more control and sort of things over it, it? if you're using the, the pure yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah excellent but obviously you guys just focus on sours you know so yes. that's your thing obviously you, you do some excellent sours but it's not your main, main say I think a lot of people are probably right to say that you're stout so probably a lot of people recognise you for mm-hmm. obviously sours but I think your sours are incredible especially the birthday and the juice that you did recently obviously that was more of a, a smoothie style sour which again is a, a divisive style of is it a, a true sour or a proper sour but in terms of the, the whole spectrum of sours Like you said, you said, uh, Chris, earlier that you want it to be part of this growth and demand that's growing for sours. Do you think it's just going to keep snowballing, keep growing and growing and growing? Or do you see it as almost a a seasonal trend of obviously, in know, to some more during the summer, but do you see it as an all-round, an all-year-round demand or...?
1: This is a really interesting question. I'd love to hear Lee's thoughts on this too, but I I, I definitely see growing demand for it. I think it is quite seasonal at the moment Mm. for the fruited sours, um, which is the bulk of our business. Um, but I, I definitely see a growing appetite and interest in sour beers uh, and, and sour beer itself you know you can't really say sour beer is one thing it's, there's a huge range of things we classify under sour beers right mm-hmm. um, and yeah. there's different techniques there's different styles mm-hmm. there's different co-fermentations different, you know. so I mean even within our fresh range there's a bunch of different styles we do like Belenovice those are pastry sours, sour IPAs. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Mix yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So it's a range of styles, even with that. But all over, what they share in common is, is basically the co-firm with, um, with Arcovike and, and Lactobacillus, um, which is kind of consistent across all of those. Um, now, I, as, as Lee's mentioned, um, we, I mean, I think Brew you guys kettle sour. Uh, and and it's, it's, it is, it's, it's a quicker way of doing stuff. It's also, um, it's a way you've got, got more control. Um, we chose not to do that because we, we, we're cause we're dedicated to pretty much only doing uh, sour beers. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we, we, we decided to go all in on on, the, on a co co fermentation, a co pitch. Yeah. So, so the lactobacillus, which like is kind of, you know, it's kind of living and it lives on in the beer mm-hmm. after, after fermentation. You know, we, we, so, and yeah, it's interesting, yeah. I, I, I I think there's no rights or wrongs in it. I, I mean, I see you know there's only beers that's well made and beers that are, are, are are not well made. Yeah. And kettle sours, for example, I mean, you do get people sniffy about it. And I said, well, no, you can get some kettle sours which are really well made and have mm. great, great beers. Unfortunately, you get plenty out there which you know, I think are, are fairly mediocre. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we were all in though. We wanted to try something different and really go in on, on the live, the live side and see what we could, what flavors we could develop for mm. doing that. And then certainly, we can, yeah, we, we find it creates quite of a, a, a rounded um, acidity we, we get for, I think having the, the live, live mm. pitch in there.
0: Mm. Excellent. And from your side of things, Lee, like, in terms of sours, is it sort of do you see a big demand for them in, in your broad range of things that you, yeah, that you uh,
3: do? So, I had a sales meeting this morning where we were actually talking about how we need to make more sours. Yeah, really, um, wow. So, we would do the kind of brew plan at the start of the year and we'd base mm-hmm. it based on we sold that much pale last year, that much stout, and we're finding actually we probably need to do a little bit less pale this year and we're going to have to <laughs> do a little bit uh, more sour. And I think, in particular, in years before this one. Whenever they do those polls, of what's going to be the next big thing? Everybody used to say sellers, they don't say it anymore because I think it is truly established mm, now. Yeah. So I think it is a big part of our industry. It's never going to sell what pills sell,
0: no. Mm, no. but
3: it's selling enough now mm. to it's not a thing on the fringes anymore. It is a part of our industry now.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and it's different, obviously, there's different sales for different people. Obviously, uh, you know, there's the sales that you, you guys do, Custom some obviously, I think some of them can be more of an acquired taste especially sort of the, the you know the mixed firm ones and the spontaneous firm but yeah. i think they're more of an acquired taste whereas the the kettle sours and things obviously we've using lactose and things in there So it's probably easier for people to get into sours via that route rather than seeing sour beer as just like a mixed firm or spontaneous the fermented right. thing as a you know it's just that
3: thing if you don't see a sour as just a sour and that's what sours are there's so many different uh, in between. I think you could definitely make an argument that we make gateway sours. Yeah. And from drinking one of ours you might end <laughs> up drinking a pastore, pastore beer afterwards. Mm. After your palates evolved to, to yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But was, then your range is a bit broader than that. Yeah. So I, I don't wanna underplay what you do though. I think that was part yeah.
2: of the, the model at Pastore was to try and say, look, mixed fermentation sour beer is all of these things, and we're going to do all of these things. have got your gateway, fruited, to you got your pastry sours, which we didn't do right at the start, but we're doing now because they've proven hugely popular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and endless ideas coming from the brewery team about what pastry we can make next in beer form. Um, and then you've got your wild stuff that people move on to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. incredible range of flavours that can come from blending and oak-aging on that side
1: as well I, I think the, the kind of I want to say the, the kind of I guess almost like the IQ of the, of the consumer of the craft beer drinker is, is, is always evolving and improving and, and people are getting used to more things and, and wanting to understand more styles and more techniques and, and we certainly see you know people love the, you, know, the, the, you know our and sours you know they're relatively accessible and uh, people are really getting into them now I, th- I think I think he's right this, this, certainly we're seeing this, this spring now how, how it's become an established thing and you know, people are loving drinking them um, but what I'm also seeing is that some of the more advanced, the wild ales, the, the, the barrel blends, the oak aged beers, there's an appetite to understand them. People don't always like them, but mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely seeing in the same way that, you know, 20 years ago, there was kind of a big education around wine and people were kind of getting into wine, understanding different Grapes and, and all these things. Yeah, right? yeah. I kind of see see beer and particularly the, you know, the, these styles of beer going the same way. People want to know. They want that level of complexity. They they want to learn about it. It's, it's interesting. It's exciting. They they, they maybe want to you know understand what's going to go well with their, their meal and so on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and certainly we, we we're seeing. We're having an interesting conversations with our businesses are uh, around about um yeah. about, about kind of pushing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people I think who, who maybe grew up um or, or have enjoyed wines over the years and 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 maybe now they're seeing they can actually instead of a fourteen percent big red wine, um, you know, um they actually can actually maybe a you know, a, with my meal I'll have an eight or nine percent wild ale, which has got mm-hmm. similar level of complexity and kind of interest and things for me to think about. Yeah. But less alcoholic, uh, maybe a bit better for me, and, 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 um, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so with, with, you know, I'm not saying that's a big thing, it's maybe a small thing, but, but yeah, yeah. In my point really is I think there's a lot of this kind of evolution of, of, of mm. drinking going on out there, yeah, a yeah. lot of opportunity for people doing, doing an interesting uh, yeah. New, yeah. new style. Yeah, well that's it, and there's
0: more, more people getting into craft beer as a whole and like yeah. particularly sours like say i think wine and food and things like that have had a massive thing for the last sort yeah. of 20 30 years but i think people are now sort of discovering like say that there's more to beer and beer can go with yeah. food and pairings and you see more people now training cicerones and sommeliers yeah, for beer and right. things yeah. you know yeah. trying to match match food and beer yeah. together which i think is a is a growing market i think you know there's some people that say that it'll never be the same as wine which it probably won't in many respects but i think like say more people are wanting to know what is just in the beer but more about how it's made how mm-hmm. to taste it well, you know different, different tasting notes and tasting styles and things like that so yeah it's it's an interesting market and like I say it's good that from your collective you know backgrounds that the, the market seems to be heading that way because yeah. so obviously it's, you aren't geared up for anything other than sours so you know, <laughs> no. you know you we want to kind of we're, we're all on in on sours yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, double no. downed on it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but no it's great and it's in, in that on that note then in terms of ideas respect in terms separately from your guys at Pastora to your guys at Brew York, when you say you plan it out, do you I suppose from your guys in particular, do you do you plan that year out in, in terms of you know what's hours you're gonna do when, or is it just again subject to what what you can get your hands on at the time and, and what's available?
2: Uh so the yeah so now we're doing wa- our water beach vices which are blenner vices mm. kind of our, our, the main beer we make year round um is we pretty much plan what fruits we're going to do when through the mm. year um and then we do have a low alcohol mixed culture uh, sicilian lemonade towel limone which we're going to be brewing year round as well mm-hmm. now um,
3: D- did we get some of that for the bar tonight
2: uh, no you've got a raspberry strawberry, but I've got I have the cans I gave you earlier are the blood orange version of the moment, which are wow. just cans. lovely these <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weekend sort of uh, yeah. but on the uh, otherwise pastry house and such that's kind of ideas coming out through the year and we're working mm. out what's going to happen with that and then wild side we'll have ideas of the fruits we want to work with and then get them in mm. season see what we can get hold of and uh, see if we can get the right beers blended them to make an interesting beer Mm. Uh, and also collaborate with other mixed fermentation breweries, and yeah, work out which fruits we want to use,
3: whilst well, keeping an eye on the pricing, because certain fruits have gone silly oh, in terms mm. of their pricing. Yeah. Have just I, that's <laughs> the one <laughs> I was going to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah raspberries. I think last quote I got was something like forty-seven pounds a kilo wow. Ooh, for for a concentrate. Pure mm. no I'm not sure, but um, yeah, wow. yeah, that that's like five fold what I used to pay for that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's brutal. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, when you say there's obviously there's, that's affecting obviously the wider industry as a whole, isn't it? But in particular, like say fruit availability, when it's that's what you're chucking in, you know, hand over fits, like you say. It's that it's hard, you know, that that cost obviously you can absorb some of it, but inevitably you have to pass some of that yeah. cost on. Or when you look at it, it's like, well, I, I imagine you can't, there's, you can't pass the cost on, it's just not, not viable
3: you know, for something like that. I think we collectively have to say, well, we're not working with raspberries this year, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Because people wouldn't pay that inflated in premium for that. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. True. So again, from your point of view then, Lee, is that did the ideas come up as and when for your sours then? Or do you, again are they pre-planned?
3: or? Uh, somewhere in between the two. So mm-hmm. we have a planning session towards the end of the year before mm-hmm. where we'll say, well, what are we going to do? Well, we want to do this many pastry sours, this many daft stouts. Mm. Um, so say we're going to do 12, maybe we try and land six ideas right there and then. And then we try and work out where they fit into the year. Mm-hmm. Then, for others like this collab, we'll put a slot in where I would want to work with these guys, it would want mm-hmm. to be a sour, but obviously at that point in time, I don't know what that's going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah.
3: So, yeah, we just have s- slots aligned to, to styles. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then people open. we hope to work with, and mm-hmm. some things we hope to brew, and, and it changes throughout the year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, you've got your, your sweet series or your sweet shop series, aren't you, that you do with. You've just done the pineapple pineapple cubes one
3: is that right yeah I, I wanted to call it pineapple chunks but I'm told that's a cannabis reference So <laughs> I wasn't allowed to do that <laughs> so yeah it's called pineapple cubes or, or pineapple cubs as some people Oops. are calling us because we spell it c-u-b-e-z oh, so yes.
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Um, so yeah we did a cherry cola one we've done a rhubarb and custard one we've done a lemon sherbet one uh, and then we've done um, that one so we're actually doing a YouTube tonight. The pastoral guys are going to join me on that and we're actually going to be asking the audience what do they want us to do next okay. in terms of a retro <laughs> sweet. Mm.
0: Excellent. And do you guys have any, any ideas or any thoughts or things of what, what you would do if you could make a sweet-based sour? Has Why it I ever don't... come across your mind or you gave ever thought, we'd love to do that and you've not quite done it yet? Sweet,
1: nice. I mean, we're, we're always talking about pastries, aren't we? I don't think we've gone quite in on, we're really in thought about sweets, haven't we?
0: No. Put you on the spot there. Aren't no. I? Yeah, well, yeah. you have until seven o'clock this yeah, no, yeah, to come. Yeah. To, yeah, the I'm so to help you out Hopefully,
3: yeah. our audience will help us out yeah, on that <laughs> one tonight.
0: Yeah. yeah, but obviously, from the ideas, and obviously, like say, Lee, like, you, you don't necessarily come up with the ideas, but do you open it up to the team as well as people come up to say, "This we think this would look good." Be when you have a meeting or such? Yeah. Or?
3: Well, that meeting would have representatives from across the business. So it'll mm. be sales saying, well, this is what we think would sell. Uh, and then there'll be marketing saying, well, that would be a good thing to promote. And I can see in the market that there's a lot of noise around that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's our team, well, this is an ingredient we've not worked with before. Mm-hmm. How do we incorporate that kind of thing? So, but yeah, we're approaching it from all different types of angles. And I do keep a one eye on the US market. Mm -hmm. try and see what's going on over there and also on the Scandinavian market now because for this type of thing they're, they're doing a lot of good stuff over there and and even Central Europe someone like Funky Fluid in uh, Mm. Poland for example so yeah (laughs) there's
2: a lot of pastry sours in Poland aren't there it really is yeah (laughs) I've got
3: uh, no I did have a few of them downstairs I've just taken them home (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry sorry not sorry (laughs) it's really (laughs) annoying. yeah Yeah, but
0: no interesting point I was was chatting to Sam um, downstairs obviously he deals with the the export side of the business saying there's such a growing market in Scandinavia in particular now for your beers but beers in general which is you know it's weird to Sort of think that, like you say, that there's a growing market in there, and it's like you, well, people usually see, like, like you said, America is sort of like the keep an eye on there, and sort of the trends of what's happening there, and then event, eventually they'll come down there. So, do you think there's the US in particular still the trends follow suit from there to here? That's predominantly where the the patterns come from.
3: Uh, I think that differs by style. Mm. So for sour beers, probably not so much now. Mm-hmm. I think we've maybe caught up on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, for pales, I still think that's dictated by what goes on in the U.S. first. Mm-hmm. So the cold IPA is supposed to be the next thing. That started in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The brute IPA was the thing before ah, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Thank God that one's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, unfortunately <laughs> on the pale side, I think we still are dictated by our cross-Atlantic uh, cousins.
0: Mm-hmm and from your guys at Pastore, do you sort of seek inspiration from any particular country or destination or region in particular?
2: Yeah, I think it, definitely America, we do keep an eye on what uh, some Mm. of the cutting-edge sour breweries are doing over there. That's where we saw some of these business models for all sour, all mixed Mm. fermentation breweries originally, and so there's some phenomenal stuff going on over there. Uh, So we do keep an eye on that. Um, and obviously we do try and learn a lot from Belgium as well and mm. some of the more traditional awesome. producers for yeah. our more uh, blending and mixed fermentation techniques
0: yeah cool and in terms of other people that you like to collaborate with is there any sort of big sort of names or sour producers out there that you'd like to like to work with wow I
1: mean <laughs> when yeah, you start when yeah you start, right? <laughs> I mean we'd obviously love to do some stuff with us some of the us guys mm-hmm. who we really respect and who we like leading leading the space for a long time we uh, I'm not sure we should probably say the name, but we have got something lined up, which is really exciting um, cool. a little bit later in the summer, which mm. I really look forward
2: to. It should be our first collaboration with an American wildfire,
1: yeah. which will be really cool. Yeah, um, that will be on the wires probably in yeah, the next yeah. month or so, I suspect, that's going to be really exciting. Um, yeah, who else? I mean, close to home. I mean, we, we've done, we, you know, we've, we've we've collaborated with, you know, quite a few people who who are in the UK who, like, only a year ago we'd have been like aghast if someone had said oh you're going to be you're going to be collaborating with Cloudwater or, or with Vault City We well, you know I mean, the Vault City guys right but yeah. to actually you know, you know they've they blazed the trail on, on Sour Beer and done a great mm-hmm. job of getting the concepts and, and you know educating people about Sour Beer mm-hmm. and so on, so, so to yeah, we've worked with them, it's actually been, been a real pleasure as well. And yeah, contrasting yeah. our different styles and
3: approaches, and yeah, it's, it's been it's been cool. What, what about Burning Sky? Yes, that was actually who yeah. I was. Yeah. About yeah. It, it was feels like you those. guys would be a really yeah. good yeah. fit.
1: Love to make a say on with her, uh, yeah, that would be great. great. Yeah, you're right, that's probably the one obvious one we're missing, yeah. isn't yeah. it? I would say mm-hmm. from, the, from the UK kind of scene because so with, with Little Earth Project, like you mentioned, earlier, Steve, we've worked with them a bit, that's mm-hmm. they're quite near us, so that's uh, yeah, fun, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: lot of people to choose from in there i suppose when you sort of throw the net even just uk and further afield, there's so many people to to work like you say especially you know brewers that are trying their hands at sour beer now that maybe didn't previously then it's people getting more involved aren't they so
1: definitely because as i think lee mentioned there's a lot of cool stuff going on in scandinavia with Mm. sour beers Mm. we had a elm 11 over didn't we um um last year and then there's some there's some other good good brewers out there who Become aware of yeah, you know, quite. I think some cool stuff in mm. Sweden, Norway, Finland. So yeah, mm. it's
0: very good. One thing I just sort of thought of there that I didn't really have to think about is we you normally know, do their Dark and Wild festival usually at yeah. the end of the year. Their sort of stout and sour festival. Do you yep. think that the sour market is there to or the demand's there to have either a similar sort of festival or another All Right or 50/50 sour festival? Because obviously they've got Hop City, which obviously people. Go mental for, for obvious reasons with you yeah. know, sort of really hazy IPs and in over the last sort of several years. But do you reckon Sours deserve their own more of a their own festival or, or something? I pop up Rennie stand,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd need it, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or Gaviscon on tap, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: Little Earth are running something later in the year, but it's mm. just some of the wild ale producers in the UK that actually be mm. really, really nice in their little place in their Suffolk. A little there. pocket, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think you could run a really cool sour beer festival, absolutely, mm. with some of the top sour producers here in US, uh, mm. Scandinavia, and um, I think people would be really interested.
3: Uh, I um, think that they would, and I'm sure it would be successful, but for me, beer is so much more than just one yeah. particular style. Mm. So I think Northern Monk has done a fantastic job with Hop City, mm. but I've been to it many times, and after I've had five, six, I'm like, yeah. get me a stout, yeah. get me a sour, something, something else, please. Yeah. Uh, they all blend And I don't know about you, but I don't go out and drink exclusively one no. style. No. No. I might start on some pails, I'll have a, a sour, a bit of a palate cleanser, yeah, and then yeah. I'll probably have a dessert of a nice big stout at the yeah. end of the night. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So that, that's more how people drink now. So mm-hmm. t- to just have a festival of one thing, you're gonna enjoy the first two hours, then you're gonna be craving something else. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess fair, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a
0: good. When you when you put it like you say, when you put it like that, when you go through the spectrum of sours or styles, sorry, if you start somewhere and go to, to finish, it, it makes sense to move it round. Mm-hmm. And like say, if you drink so many IPAs or pales, yeah. they all blend into one door yeah. at and some point. So.
3: And I presume that's why Northern Monk evolved Dark City to Dark and Wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they did have that kind of counterpoint to all those big dark beers.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and one thing that I did want to chat about, I don't know who this would be more direct to. That maybe Lee, or your point of view. But in terms of stabilization in this sort of field of sort of sour beers, when you're working with fruit in particular, obviously, obviously we've seen the likes of sort of staggeringly good beer stung by, you know, exploding can gate and things like that. Is is the, how much time ever goes into that, making sure your beers are stable in terms of how how do you even test that sort of thing? Is it or is it just a, sometimes a bit of a, a look of the draw? It's
1: okay. So this is, this is a, 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 an issue of real importance to us, right? Mm. Particularly as we don't kettle sales, so therefore the culture's live uh, yeah. in, in, you know, into, into pack. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we had, in the early days, we, we had issues where, yeah, we, 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 yeah, we, you know, we, as we were learning our trade, right? I'm trying mm. to understand how different fruits reacted, yeah. understanding our culture, um, and so, yeah, we, we've, we've gradually taken steps to really tighten up on that. So, there are various things you can do, like uh, for example, the forced fermentation is a classic one. So, when you've packaged it, I mean, obviously, we're super, super careful on, on, on you know, hitting the final. Yeah, forced uh, fermentation
2: is before we uh, chill it down. So, we just check what the final gravity we can mm-hmm. get to uh, before we chill it. Uh, and then when it's packaged, we won't let a beer leave site for eight days in a 40 degree fridge at the moment. Right. Just to make sure there's no more fermentation Damn. happening in that can. Um, and that's where we've got to, but there's lots of conversations ongoing about how to make the beers even more stable. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll obviously say make similar beers. Yeah, us. and this is mm-hmm. the thing, it's the
1: thing when, when you're sort of our scale, so our story is still very small, obviously. Um, I mean, it's part of, you yeah. know, kind of the craft of what we do, it, you know, it means, you know, we're not filtering it. We're not, we're certainly not pasteurizing it. And so, you know, we're kind of open to, to kind of risk here. So we, we, we do everything we possibly can to mitigate that risk. But ultimately, you know, you know, shelf stability is, is a big thing. And certainly if we were expanding and looking to, to get our beer out more widely, then yeah, we'd have to have a look at what else mm. we could do. There's no doubt. I mean, yeah, shelf stability, very, very important in, in the industry and, no, uh, yeah. and yeah, tough, tough gig.
3: So I would say we, we do everything that you've outlined there, uh, but I'm lucky enough to now have some analytical equipment, which yeah. means I can measure fermentable sugars remaining right. in anything. So I know if the yeast still should be doing a job. Yes. Um, so there's that. And then we would also use certain safeguards like a pectinase mm-hmm. To If you're working with a pure, there's the potential that um, the yeast can't get access to all the sugars. Mm-hmm. So we use a pectinase to make sure the walls and things have been broken up that uh, allows the okay, yeast yeah, to get yeah. access to the sugars because mm. you don't want those cells suddenly right. popping in, in, pack in pack and yeah. releasing sugar, yeah. and then your thing's going wild again. So, that's an addition mm. in,
1: uh, in tank, I assume, in yeah. conditioning. Yeah. Start a
3: fermentation, we would go with a pectinase okay, into yeah. tank, particularly if you're using high volumes of mm. Mm. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, that's like 60. Exactly. Not every bottle shop or every you know cold chain is not a, a thing necessarily in yeah. this country. You know, Cloud Water do it, but I think they're probably the only only the very few that have that beauty, of being able, or luxury, have been able to a hundred percent cold chain. But then even the stores that they go to, they're not going to be refrigerating. So we have So it's like you say you want to make sure that those they are stable and things, and obviously not have to deal with any issues further down the line. And is it does does the is it same in keg? Do you still get the same issues as in keg? as you do cans or is it just? Small pack, or technically, we could do, mm. I mean,
3: yeah, we've had the odd overly foamy keg, yeah. done, right? <laughs> You know, so yeah, less noticeable because you steel or your plastic's a lot more tolerant than your very thin aluminium, yeah. Yeah. that you yeah. have, yeah. You yeah. have yeah. in the can, so yeah. it can go unnoticed. It's yeah. more often seen as a, a pouring issue on the bar, yeah. isn't it? because yeah, yeah. yeah. they're getting half a th- pint of foam yeah. rather than pure beer. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. cool. And and do you guys bottle and can you just is yeah it we a, do a, both so
1: the fresh range is in is in can mm-hmm. keg uh, and that's spunded or force carbonated mm-hmm. uh, whereas the bottle stuff is all conditioned in bottle mm-hmm. um,
2: so it'll be yeasted and I get primary prime sugar added and it's blended mm-hmm. and then we we'll bottle from there yeah and then that's kept warm for a couple of months uh, where it all. Carbonate and also just develop flavour, because uh, there'll be more bread in there, and uh, to get rid of some certain mixed fermentation flavours like THP that are in early stages of that bottling as well.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, we'll look to um, to wrap the conversation up there, guys. But well, thank you very much for taking the time out and and uh, and having this chat. But before we leave, Chris Bend in terms of your beers, do you do direct, or where can general people can find your beers if they want to to get any?
2: Uh, yeah, so we sell direct through um, uh, our web shop when you come to the brewery, um, otherwise we're in independent bottle shops throughout the country.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, excellent. And Lee, your guys are here, there and everywhere pretty much. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you'll find us across
3: most of the country, um, quite a few countries around the world now. Uh, yeah, website Uk. you can visit us in the sixth centre of York uh, original taproom and beer hall and by the end of the year you'll be able to visit us here at our new production site where there will be a new taproom nice. installed and before we go there is one th- thing we forgot to mention the name of the beer that we brewed today yeah i don't
0: think we know we didn't hear you were right actually yeah. <laughs> that's a important
3: part. so the pastori guys have come up with the name and it is
0: <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants responsibility <laughs> for it now no, no one wants to take any credit or responsibility for it you.
2: so the name is papaya don't preach because it kind of has to be. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Excellent. No, it's a it's a fitting name given the ingredients. But yeah, no, that's. Uh, no, I look forward to the beer being released. So roughly, what we're we looking at
3: a couple of weeks, three weeks sort of, or Um, I think towards the start of next month.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Excellent. We well, look forward to to trying it and people getting involved. But yeah, guys, thank you very much for taking the time, and we'll uh, speak to you again soon. Sure. Thank, thank you. You. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers.